So what should we do instead of New Year's resolutions? Just try to be better people? You know, that's an, that's the easy answer, Aaron. I need more than that. What should we do instead of New Year's resolutions? I think instead of adding something good and new to our lives, we should cut out some cancerous sore from the previous <laughs> year and leave it in the dust. Well, it's kind of like the the mentality of uh, with Lent and everything like that. It's like people... Which is the better way to go. Do yeah. we add something good, take something bad? I think, I think we should cut things. I would like to cut things. So with Lent, instead of removing things, you add things. And then with New Year's resolution, you, instead of uh, adding things, you want to remove them. So switch the mentalities of the two holidays. Completely. Yes. So, okay. so New what Year, would you, what New would you cut? What would you cut for 2022? Um, well, I was uh, a couple years ago going to never shake someone's hand. And then the pandemic made that really easy. So that one's done. <laughs> what? I, this, this, I, look, look, no, I folks, hate, you are hearing this first. This is news to me. I hate shaking hands. Why? It's so weird. It's like, here, hold my hand for an indeterminate amount of time. Um, I don't know. Last time I washed my hands, my hand is kind of clammy. You sure you want to touch it? Oh, I have a hangnail. I hope I didn't scrape you. Could we not do a crisp high five? Or an elbow bump, or or bow to each other, like we're about to duel. I would accept any one of these options, anyone at all. So, I'm going to continue that one. I'm going to continue never shaking a person's hand. If they put their hand out to me, I'm just going to step back and do something else entirely and make them feel very uncomfortable until everyone does it. Uh, okay, why why don't you know the last time you washed your hands? That that's a little <laughs> concerning to me. <laughs> Like, uh, like I, I know. Keep a Aaron keeps a detailed diary log of every hand washing incident because they're so rare. He really makes them a milestone. No, I do it so often that even my dad is giving me some strange looks. I wash my hands all the time. <laughs> my apologies. There you go. I will stop ribbing on Aaron in the new year. Oh, uh, yeah, right. I will. From this moment forth, I shall say nothing slanderous towards my husband. Watch how I do it. Look how good I'm going to be. So what what do, what do I get if you uh oh, oh I know what I get. I'm going to say it right now or I'm going to I'm going to take whenever you, the first time you slander me, I get to do something and you'll know whenever uh, I whenever I get to say it. I'm like okay, because of that I now get to do X. The die is cast. Yep. Um so <laughs> Aaron, what do you want to give up in the new year? I want to give up um Oh man, there's so many things I do that aren't great that I just need to stop doing. Um, I would like to give up being negative immediately. Being negative immediately. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's something I've actually been working on for a while, and you know we're ten about deep to, breaths sort of thing. Yeah, like I, I I always tend to go negative quickly. And I don't like that I do that. And, um, you know, my therapist is saying, you know, like, well, why do you go negative? And I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I it's something I need to figure out. But it's definitely something I would love to change. So I don't want to be negative. And, it's, and today is going to be a true test to that. I think so, too. Uh, also, for everyone trying to think of something to do for a New Year's resolution, uh, I have one for all of you. Take off your shoes whenever you enter a house. Your shoes track through so much nonsense that you do not want to track through your house. Unless. Unless. Unless the people require you to keep your shoes on for whatever I'm reason. I'm talking about your own personal space. Your yeah. your space. Our guest is just looking at his feet right uh, now in uh, terror. Uh, uh, it's okay. I didn't tell you. It's fine. We, uh, and we don't really, like, <laughs> if our house was set up differently, it would be a lot easier to take your shoes off immediately when you come into the house. Certainly. So I'm going to try and see what I can do on that. But uh, in the meantime... He's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. 
and we're, we're married to the, the idea. idea. Welcome to 2022. I would say let's start it off with a bang, but let's, uh, we are going to start off with a bang. Let's let's ease into this. Like you would into a hot tub. Like you know what you're coming into. Just let's let's just step lightly but firmly. I think lightly but firmly is yeah. a great phrase, and that should be used more often. <laughs> you um, want to do our flip party real quick, hon? Yeah, I of course we'll do that. You can find us on Facebook at Marriage the Idea. We sometimes post there before we're. Uh, <laughs> We sometimes post there before we launch our episodes that, hey, an episode's coming out. You can look forward to it. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you're interested in throwing some dosh our way, you can head out to our Patreon, patreon.com slash married to the idea. I am excited, Aaron, because I think 2022 is the year that we return to our live streaming uh, Keep Beach City Quarantine days. I would love <laughs> for that to be this to be the year that we do that. Um, and I would also love this year to be the year that we finally maintain a consistent release schedule. That'd be great. That'd be It'd so be great. It'd be so swell. We I, appreciate I I, it. I, I posted on our Facebook page, like, yeah, we're going to do one for December. And it no. never happens. We will say that we did enjoy our December. And I think that a lot of creators feel the pressure to release something in December or at the end of the year, like like they have to. Otherwise, what what's the point? But I think that creators should be allowed some time just to relax and unwind with the rest of us, which means that we just have to do a lot of work in November so that it's all done for us in December. So that'll be something to look <laughs> forward to at the end of the year. That's future Elizabeth's problem now. Right now, let's introduce our guest, Aaron. You know him. You love him. He's been here before. It's Rich, everybody. Yay! Yay! Hello, 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 everyone. <laughs> Friend of the podcast. You may actually hold the record now. I think you are now. Appearances. This is what, the fourth? If not more. I want to say more. I don't You've know. You've heard Rich before from our Blues Brothers episode, from our Tangled episode. Uh, Rich comes to us today as a movie connoisseur, aficionado, and expert. Uh, in a way that Aaron and I just, we just come to the table and nibble on the appetizers. Rich made the food. Uh, we are going to talk about the entire lineup for 2022 major releases major <laughs> it's very important we, rich would we you are, we're going to pick we're going to cherry pick we we are what movies are we looking forward to each month for 2022 yes rich will you lay out the rules for us please about this social experiment we are about <laughs> to conduct so thanks to covid I'm on a clean fight <laughs> thanks to covid and thanks to about i don't know nine months of theaters not being open and studios pushing back dates 2022 is probably the most jam-packed movie release schedule that has been in existence that you know at least for the, la the last 10 years uh there's just because of things in 2019 getting pushed to 2020 to 2021 22 it's you're talking about almost like two years of things that you know big releases like top gun being the number one your back catalog is basically finally getting its time to shine 2022 there's not going if you are somebody who loves movies you will be going probably weekly for the rest of the year because there's just going to be something that is appealing to everybody. It is making me reconsider getting into like the Regal Unlimited or the the thing because hey, there's going to be some movies I'm like, or there's going to be a couple months where I'm like, I want to go like, there's at great, least once a week. There's great value in Regal Unlimited. There's great value in the... <laughs> 
AMC. Do we do we need to go uh, hashtag not sponsored? Yeah, hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> we are not sponsored right now. If you, if we you, were spo- quote unquote sponsored by Movie Pass back when that was still all Whoa, Movie Pass. All the major all the major exhibition uh, or the theaters have some sort of subscription program. If you're not part of one and you watch movies, you are wasting money. We we haven't done one uh, actually since the, we had. I think I had one at the very end of the pandemic or the beginning of the pandemic. Um, the end of the, the normal times and I they gave me like an hour they're like well we're gonna put this on suspension and if you want to come back to it you know we'll give you an opportunity and then I just never did because uh, I had like the three a week from AMC which was nice um, when we were going a lot more consistently and hey, we slowed down quite a bit when I look back at our early podcasting days like I think that's why our content really we limited ourselves so much this past year is just because there's been so much less. So I'm very excited to have so much more yeah. for us to look at. And part of like, this is talking about theatrical only. Yes. So for the Netflix and all the other stuff, Amazon prime, that's not going to be covered in today's podcast. Talking yeah. about the streaming wars will be perhaps an episode for <laughs> another day. But for the most part, this is for people who love going to theaters, who love seeing stuff in IMAX and 40X and all the premium experiences and the things that you can get. Um, and who like to get a bag of popcorn and a soda and sit down with the social experience that comes with it. Yo, I, I don't know what it is. And I've loved it since I was a kid. I love sitting in a theater and watching movie. I have gone and rewatched movies that I love in theaters or even in the local theater nearby, uh, Central Cinema, who has quote unquote pod, uh, sponsored this podcast quite a few times because I enjoy that experience. Yeah. And I mean, which I, shout out to them. We actually just watched, uh, or that, no, I will talk. That will be our, um, that'll be our ender. Let's n- save that. Or one. Not, not our ender, but our, um, uh, oh man, I really hope Liz cuts this part out. Uh, <laughs> our sponsor, the, the sponsor dome. They'll be our local sponsor. All right. I'll cut all this out. But when it <laughs> comes to what we're talking about today, it's going to just basically be through uh, January to July, uh, covering the first half of the year, uh, at least through most of the main part of summer. Yeah. And, and that I'm, is at Rich's request. Yeah, because it will take two hours just to cover everything. <laughs> and in general. Like, so uh, get ready. I hope you're on a long car trip. We have, we have turned over the hourglass, so we have a time limit. <laughs> and in all fairness, studios do change movies quite a bit within like six months. So like this December can be completely different by the time June rolls around. Fair enough. I honestly, I don't think all of these January ones uh, are necessarily in danger, but I do think there might be a little bit of a possibility of some stuff getting pushed back because of the variant that is out right now. Right. Because certain things are closing. And then, because you want to make sure that all markets are like equally represented. You don't want, if you're not carrying New York and Los Angeles, it's going to be very hard for studios to commit fully to like your bigger titles. Sometimes uh, you will get movies that get released because of contracts and things like that. But for the most part, yeah, your bigger titles, they could. But I feel like there's more structure this year than there was when we had zero, like, there was no playbook. There was, we were literally going week by week wondering if something was going to get pulled or not. I think there's more confidence 
and uh, studios committing because there's still mil- I mean you're talking about millions and millions of dollars in marketing and everything else so it's you're committed to this at this point and plus we they we everyone has a year of this under their belts now even still this year is probably going to be a thousand times different than last year which was a thousand times different than 2019 or sorry 2020 and then 2019 I can't believe we're already in 2022 I know um but the the fact is is that we do have some experience we this isn't necessarily old hat but when you can go get a rapid test that you can bring home uh, for the virus, it's it, there's there's been a little bit of there's a change in the wind, uh, a change in the air. Well, I think consumer confidence is there. You've got vaccines, you've got the pill that just got approved. There's treatments and stuff out there. It, in general, your consumer confidence is higher to being around. Whereas a year ago, when you didn't have these defenses, your your consumer confidence was extremely low. And I think as a business, that's what you're always looking for is, is like, are the people who buy my product going to be confident in their safety and everything else? And I will say that the big companies, uh, and I can't speak for everybody, but for the big companies as AMC, Regal, Cinemark, Marcus, Harkins, you know, go down the list. They've all spent a considerable amount of money to making sure the theaters are clean at our, you know, they put in the protocols within their local governments to try to make sure to ease as much. But at the end of the day, I mean, masks, vaccines, things like that are the yeah. ultimate consumer confidence. And um, not we're, we're this is not going to be a political discussion no. or anything like that. <laughs> uh, but we, yeah, that's the, the, I definitely feel like there is a lot more. Um, but it is a reality confidence, yeah, and and there's more efficiency when stuff does happen. People have. Uh, stuff in place like uh, Liz and I actually went through a scare recently we both are negative uh, but whenever I told uh, my place of work they were like oh okay so you're gonna stay home you're gonna get tested go to this place because we trust this place a little bit more and uh, and then you're gonna work from home and I'm lucky that I have a position I can do that with so um, but moving on into our actual topic at hand uh, well, let's start with January, and uh, do you want to go by release date, or do we just want to kind of cherry pick? I think date should be our best. Yeah. Keep but, it chronological. You know, first off, I mean, January is traditionally a slow month, and so yeah. you, you're not getting really, like, energized. You're just coming off Christmas. Most people are going back to school. Things are getting distracted. So the 355 Universal is kicking it off on January 7th. Richard um, call, uh, Rich called me immediately because he knew I would be interested this in that. Is, this <laughs> has got Liz all over it. Um, Wonder Woman fan and all. It's uh, actually got a great cast. It has I, a fantastic cast, and I'm hoping it doesn't suffer the fate of the most recent Charlie's Angels, where <laughs> they did not understand what they were doing at all, gave all this good talent behind and in front of the camera, and just wasted it. Right. Is it going to be Charlie's Angels, or is it going to be more like Ocean's 8? I mean, it's, yeah. I think that's where... Um, and I, like, in general, you know, it, anytime you have this much, and so for anybody who's like wanting to know, like 355 stars like Diane Kruger, Jessica Chastain. Uh, oh, uh, what's her face from um, uh, you? Yeah. Or us. Yeah, yeah, us. The uh, the, the follow up, quote unquote, to um, uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out. Yes. Yes. Um, gosh, I can see her face on the poster and everything. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, of course. Gosh. And then yes. Penelope Cruz. 
uh, one of my favorite Marvel character uh, actors, Sebastian Stan, is also going to be in it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. For any of those guys out there that really like them, the Marvel characters, yeah, Sebastian Stan's a really good actor. But you know what's funny? I recently was reminded that Sebastian Stan was in Hot Tub Time Machine, which was also mentioned <laughs> in Endgame. Oh my gosh! You're so right. in universe, there is someone who looks like Sebastian Stan. Yeah, somebody that the movie they watched is like, oh yeah, they, they, you're a doppelganger. The metaverse is expanding beyond comprehension. <laughs> uh, so yes, three five five coming out January seventh. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, coming up January fourteenth, following week. Uh, I'm really excited for Bell coming out from G Kids. Uh, this is uh, probably the first time I'm going to actually be excited to go see an anime in a theater my little weeaboo heart is so happy right i now. know i'm trying really hard uh, i'm sorry for all of my stands out there who are like you should li- you should watch this anime and this anime and like I've, I've tried so many shows and they've never grabbed me and hit me in the right way but movies i think have a better chance with me i don't know if it's a pacing thing or a little western brain can't handle it but uh i've loved uh most of the stuff that the creators of bell did which includes summer wars and the girl who leapt through time uh tons of fabulous creators who are working on this um the story is of uh an alternate social media universe in your computer where you can be whoever you want to be um, and this girl, who is a very plain girl, creates this fabulous avatar and becomes a famous singer in this virtual reality. And then things start to spiral from there, which strikes me as a little gem in the holograms, but hopefully a lot better than gem in the holograms. I think it's going to relate a little bit closer to a certain fairy tale that you love. Yeah, I, they are very obvious by calling it Belle. That's it's a real, it's a trigger for me. I see these certain keywords. I'm like, mm, I got to go watch that. I got to go read that. Of course you win. Also getting released on the 14th is Scream, um, the essentially Scream 5 um, if not six. Is it technically five? Because I know there's a lot of them. Uh, right, because the four, the fourth one had, um, what's her face in it? Um, I'm just curious why no one's uh, interested in the archival knowledge of movies where we can just name this movie the same title six times in a row, which makes it impossible to know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I've never been in much in the Scream franchise. I know there's... Hey, Paramount is looking to definitely expand the properties of this. So I know they're they're definitely excited to get this out, or especially off of their show, which I think has a tie-in. On oh, that. the show, and they have a bunch of legacy characters coming back too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I. Uh, oh, that's right. They were in the first part, or they were in that. Um, it what it what Scream Four was the uh, the one that was released in twenty eleven. Excuse me. And uh, I actually have a funny story it's about been, that. Um, well, it's been, it's been 10, 10 years. Oh, yeah. This is a big one then. Yep. Yeah. You can wait that long. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is technically Scream 5. But they did do... Uh, I thought the, the TV series back in 2015 was fairly well received. Um, I don't know. I'm not sh- sure why they're trying to reboot it again. But I, I remember watching like the first... Well, yeah. Uh, the first <laughs> money, few... Money, money. Uh, the first few minutes of the first episode or like their teaser that they made for the the first episode and it was very reminiscent of the original scream but modernized and it worked pretty well so um scream five i oh i actually have a funny story about the the 2011 scream four i'm sitting there in the theater with a friend of mine who and we're waiting on other friends to come in uh, and I'm sitting there talking about how, you know, Wes Craven made it and how he, um, 
he wanted to re or he wanted to parody homage the one of the film genres that made him popular that made him successful the slasher flick and so he wanted to parody it and that's why you've got a character who's literally pointing out all the stereotypes and you've got characters who like are like twist villains but aren't twist villains and there there's so many like twists and turns but in reality it's a very, a very simple story instead of a slasher where there's so many twists and turns that by the end of it you're it, it, he wanted to uh, homage and parody it at the same time and as i'm saying this to my friend um, who is you know letting me ramble on? Who should be right behind you? But Wes Craven. Oh God, if only <laughs> I would take a picture with that guy. Um, no, a gentleman in front of me. Uh, I could see as I started talking. As soon as I said parody, uh, I see him like look over his shoulder, and we're of course in the pinnacle, so I can just barely see him through these nice, thick, luxurious seats. <laughs> uh, and I see him look over his shoulder, and like when I got to a stopping point, he goes, "Um, actually." He was act- he absolutely one of those guys. It's not a parody. It's just a straight flasher flick. I'm like, it is a slasher flick. And a but flasher it's a- flick. And a flasher flick. Um, but it's it's a parody of the original stuff because he did it. He- yeah, but you want to understand, Wes Craven, he made the slasher flick with Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, no. There was other slasher flicks before that one. He popularized it with Nightmare on Elm Street as did um, Friday the 13th. I'm so glad this negative person is not here on our very positive and it, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. What and a just kind of like, way to enjoy. I'm just like, and he just like would not listen to me. Luckily, we had some friends walk in and he shut up. But it's just kind of like, I like I've never ne- been un- neck bearded in my life except for that moment. That is unfortunate. Not near as unfortunate as almost coming to blows in a theater over Star Wars. But we won't go into that today. Oh, that's that wasn't about opinions. That was just a dude who was an asshole <laughs> who, who wanted our seats. <laughs> who like didn't pay for a ticket. He, w- and he then, wouldn't like, pay. Wanted our seats. It was such a to do. So stupid. Um, I'm not going to be negative, but I am going to make a very earnest plea to Disney. Disney, I know you have Nimona in the vault somewhere. I know you canceled it, even though it's 75 percent complete once you acquired Blue Sky. I know it's supposed to come out this month. If you could be so kind as to maybe release that in one of those nice big open slots that you keep throughout the year, that'd be really great. Please and thank you. Hugs and kisses and a Mona fan. Uh, moving on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got the, I, I'll, I'll be honest, um, Rich, I'll kind of pass this one on to you. Oh, no, a special mention uh, for the 17th. Uh, there is a special engagement documentary type thing with, for the Betty White, 100 Years Young, which is really now bittersweet. Yeah. Um, it's a great testament to her, her, her career. I mean, it's uh, unfortunately, she was not able. I know she wanted to so bad make it to her 100th birthday, which would have been January 17th. Um, but uh, Fathom, uh, Fathom Events, uh, which most... Thank you. Most theaters will be able to cover it because uh, most theaters are part of this Fathom Network. Uh, if, uh, I would definitely recommend people going out because um, this is not sponsored or anything. It, but this is for people who love movies. People who love movies also love the actors who play in them. Bay White has been a tremendous advocate, uh, supporter, uh, name the list of things that she is. She has done everything from being in the military, like being part of the army uh, during World War II, all the way through. I mean, she's just helped animals, loves loved animals, and then also championing women's rights within the industry. 
through decades, which weren't always the best. So, but she leaves a huge lasting legacy and definitely there's a special event. Uh, I, I think it's more now become more of a memorial instead of a celebration, Absolutely. which still should be a celebration. I mean, yeah. And uh, personally, like, I think it's going to be very popular now that she has actually passed and it's, it's, it's incredibly sad, but I've always enjoyed fathom because fathom is trying to bring uh culture and bring other things to movie theaters than just straight up movies. So I want to go see where they, where they, uh, Fathom is the people who put on the operas and the ballets and live stream. I think that's so cool. As well as a bunch of Studio Ghibli films. And then also Liz and I's, what Liz and I enjoy a lot, Mystery Science Studio 3000 and Rift Tracks and stuff like that. So we're, 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 we are very big appreciators of Fathom. So uh, it's good to see that they are uh, keeping up their good track. And, um, and again, Rich, I'm going to kind of leave it to you. I have not heard of these next two. Well, it, neither have I heard of the first one. I, cause oh, oh I looked up the first one. Okay. The King's Daughter. I don't, I want to watch Say, it now. Say, I've, I read the synopsis of it. It takes place during the Sun King, as in Louis the Fourteenth, Prince, uh, King of France. Um, capturing a mermaid to eat it to grant itself himself immortality and the woman that tries to save it like it's got everything i want it's got french sun king it's got mermaids it's it's yeah. so you're saying it's very historically accurate oh yeah absolutely <laughs> it's actually based on a book that beat out game of thrones uh, for the nebula in 1997 uh, a very prestigious award went to that one instead of game of thrones and it's a story that takes place in a very specific part of history but then throws a single fantasy element into it to just see what happens i have no idea if it's going to be any good it strikes me as something that could either be like one of those cult classics later on in life or it's going to be just trash but i'm going to hope and pray that it's actually a good mermaid movie because i would really love a good mermaid movie because all i've got right now is like the fourth parts the caribbean that's not even one there's so many other better mermaid movies give me one Splash. That is. Mm. Uh, mm. It's Tom Hanks and a mermaid. Uh, <laughs> She's not even a mermaid for the whole thing. She's just a chick. Do you, think, do you think this one's going to be a mermaid the whole time? I think not. I think it is. Okay. I'm I'm betting you money, guilt free lunch. She's a mermaid the whole lunch. time. All right. Yeah, but no. There's the handshake. And now we actually have to watch the movie too. I guess. <laughs> Where uh, you're going to watch it, I don't know. I don't uh, know either. <laughs> but the other title is Redeeming Love, which is not a it's not a wide release. I know I believe they're going to be somewhat selective where they put this, uh, but it's a based on a book. Uh, it's not exactly uh, the most positive thing in the world. Um, so uh, yeah, let's, let's, so, let's yeah, I guess it, it is. Kind of... It's one of those stories where it's like somebody who goes through a lot of hardship uh, finds hopefully what she's looking for. It's got Famke Jansen in it, and really, oh. that's like the most well-known person in it. Yeah, it's but it's a very like it's a very uh, nuanced, probably intimate kind of movie that I don't know. It, you're not going to come away from this, I believe, thinking you know happy tears uh, okay well but, both the king's daughter and but it is love. interesting i would recommend anybody if you I are interested like... in it do look go look at the synopsis i it's one of those things that i don't think any of us are really comfortable talking about it but it's it's based on a very evidently a very well popular book and um but it's it does deal with some certain themes that uh, are still important but obviously the big title in january is next week in january 28th and morbius 
led by Jared Leto and the Sony Cla- or Sony not Sony Classics. Uh, <laughs> Sony Classics would love to have a movie like this. Sony Pictures, uh, obviously coming off of the eleventh highest grossing movie right now. Currently, that's where it sits at Spider-Man: uh, No Way Home. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, it blew all the other 2021 20, movies out of the water, but, it, that's, yeah. but that's not difficult. It, yeah, it'd be like LeBron James playing <laughs> in like a, a middle Your school. Your child's pickup. basketball league. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, you know, it, it was it was the movie that I think nobody really saw coming. Not at that level. Yeah. It was anticipated. People wanted to see it, but at $260 million opening domestic, that's just... I mean, insane. I mean, it really is. And it, great. I mean, if anything that spurs confidence in the theatrical experience, it's that kind of movie. Absolutely. I, and how do I say that I don't like the Meek Jansen positively? It's moving you don't. on. You don't. And we uh, cut that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Morbius is set within that spider universe that Sony is like has set up with Venom. Uh, it's uh, going to be interesting to see how Jared Leto um carries this character because he's very interesting anybody who's in the comic book world uh or watch the animated spider-man series will know morbius pretty well but uh the living vampire uh he's it's going to be interesting i i will say when this movie was first greenlit i wasn't nearly as excited but as i've seen the promos the trailers and stuff i am curious as to see how it gets made as i said it for the eventual reintroduction of blade into the mcu i am excited for it yeah and like in the way that disney and sony has the deals now nothing's really off limits at this point yeah you can play in the space yeah you know? and and with the the introduction of the mcm the uh, marvel cinematic multiverse instead of the mcu we're gonna be talking about a lot of marvel multiverse as we go on I through think, the year i think so they are now considering sony's movies as their own universe so like there's a lot of talk to have uh andrew garfield become spider-man again in that uh, the Sony verse, okay. there's a lot of talk from fans. Talk, yeah. I'm not saying there's been anything confirmed, uh, but I would like to. It would be for me. I would love to see an older Spider-Man, like, uh, like you want to do the Into the Spider Verse. Oh, f- seeing of course, that, yes. seeing that Spider-Man, I think people would be. Uh, I don't know if they like Andrew they, Garfield wants to put on like 40 pounds. To show off the dad bod. Honestly, he's <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want him to do that. But there have been a couple stories with Spider-Man being an older gentleman, still trying to do what he can to help. It's not, it's not as popular as to say like an older Batman I'm or an sorry, older Wolverine. I can't imagine an old Spider-Man. I'm trying it right now in my brain, and like, I can imagine an old Batman. I can imagine been, an old Superman. I can't imagine. He's always been twenty-one. He is Which always is really twenty-one. Funny. In the original Amazing Spider-Man stuff, he was in college when he got bit. I know, but that's not old. I mean, like, an old man. Peter Parker is perennially a child. Oh, yeah. And also, anybody who complains about spoilers, if you haven't seen Spider-Man by this point. Unfortunately, at this point, we will we will absolutely be spoilery. So if we I, get to that point when we talk about Doctor Strange, we'll talk yeah, about yeah, it. If we, once we get to Maine, we're talking about Doctor Strange. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, I'm sorry. It's all fair game, so that's your yeah, warning. I, I was I was really good, and then I joined uh, like a a Marvel meme sh- uh, <laughs> meme post page, and I was like, eh, hopefully you're done with spoilers. Uh, and so we, we're trying to stay positive, right? Yes. Uh, so uh, 
So I have to say I have to say positive things about Morbius or nothing at all. Correct. Correct. All right. So, so moving, moving on, on to February. Uh, February fourth. Um, <laughs> uh, go ahead, Aaron. Oh no! I, I want to bring up something. It, Moonfall comes. It's a out. movie that exists. It exists. Roland Emmerich, who has brought you to from, fear from Lionsgate, everything from uh, tidal waves to freezing to. Like, if it's a destroying the world movie, it's going to be directed by Roland Emmerich. Yeah, and now aliens, we are the afraid. The world, climate change, and now the moon. The moon is going to crash into Earth. So, uh, it's going to be interesting. Like, I mean, it's Roland does, Emmerich. Does it's, Roland Emmerich feel at all like uh, he's trying to compensate? Because the only disaster movie I ever think of when I think of disaster movies is Independence Day. I actually think of think um, just Day like After Tomorrow. I oh. that movie like affected me a little bit as a kid. Like I liked that movie for a long time. I don't like it nearly as much now. But I used to be like, man, this is. The m-. I had a giant poster from it up on my wall. I remember I it too. That. Like they had to burn the books, and I was so sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but like, they burned the tax code. Yeah. Okay? So <laughs> we're not, not losing. We're not losing history there. But it's got an impressive cast. I mean, it's got Patrick Wilson, Halle Berry. So Perry, have all the other movies. But opinion. they've been nothing more. More than just popcorn fodder, which is fine. Which is fine. I'm not dissing on the popcorn fodder because there are you people who consider superhero movies just popcorn fodder. Well, Roland Emmerich's okay. always been a director. It's always like talking about taking care of the earth. It's, it's always been his message in every single yeah, one of his if, films. If you're not, if you're not cares. afraid of the 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 peop- person from uh, the crying game, or if you're not afraid from weird looking aliens, or you're not afraid of Godzilla, if you're not afraid of climate change, or you're not afraid of. T- 2012 or the Mayan calendar. What are, what can you be afraid of? The, the moon. moon, right? I mean, and he's going to find well, different ways for well, you to get scared. M- Mr. Emmerich, Mr. Emmerich, can I call you Roland? Rolly, Rolly, Rolly Poly. Is there something wrong, buddy? Do we need to talk? Um, so yes, Moonfall comes out February 4th uh, from Lionsgate. But that's not what Aaron's excited about. Oh, no, <laughs> no, I actually just rewatched the other three movies in anticipation. I am one of those few people who look at the Jackass movies and say, these are utter pieces of garbage, and I am here for it. I watched, I think, the first one at a friend's place, and then I watched the next two in theaters. I actually watched Jackass 3D by myself in 3D, and I was I was like, oh, cool, I have the theater to myself. No, a couple walked in because they probably were going up to the back to do things and uh i so i enjoyed myself and i said to a group of friends uh recently at the only holiday thing that we got to do this year uh, i was like yeah i'm probably gonna be the only one that's gonna go watch jackass forever and i had two people immediately go i'll go with you yeah your, your friends just started going i'm spartacus yeah <laughs> mo captain my captain standing up with you we <laughs> shall all pilgrimage so, to jackass forever together i will be making a plan with them to go watch the said uh, jackass forever from uh paramount pictures yeah it, and since it's, it's really crazy if you think about it i mean this i remember watching on mtv back when they started but obviously it means knoxville's own uh philip clapp who also goes by Johnny Knoxville. It's hard to believe he's 50 I'm sorry. Years old. Uh, take a half step back. His real name is Philip Clapp? Yep. He actually went to uh, South Doyle. And I knew that, but for some reason I thought his real name was Jonathan something else. Not Knoxville, obviously. Why? That's so weird. Why not stay with Philip? 
I think Johnny Knoxville's rule. I don't know. You talked to his marketing or his manager, but <laughs> I mean, I don't think they for a franchise. I think what you you, know, you brought up, this is a franchise that is unapologetic for what they do, which is really dumb stuff to get a laugh, and it is not to be recreated or redone by anybody else. No. Because no not health insurance company is going to There's take no out any claims <laughs> against you. There's a reason why their their symbol is literally a, a like a death skull with uh, crutches. Yeah. But it's still good. I know there's been a, p- a couple of people who started out with it. They're no longer with us, uh, like uh, Ryan yeah. Dunn, and there's been a couple of other individuals that passed away. But I think uh, was it? Uh, I thought the bigger guy passed away. He did. I, unfortunately, I don't know his name. I think it was like Preston. Preston. Something. Preston. Oh yeah. But I, I saw an image of them promoting the movie with WWE, and they had someone who looked like Preston with them. Uh, but I, I mean, don't this think is like again. You have to think of some of these movies have been like, like Ghostbusters was ready two years ago. Oh, like yeah, that movie right. was done and was ready to be released, and like Jason Reitman basically spent a year just <laughs> basically editing, fine editing, doing everything he can. But some of these I movies, I did enjoy have, that movie. By I the way, I really liked it. There's, but there's been a, there's some of these movies have been like done, completed, finished, just it's, waiting, just waiting to be released. So some people who may pass are still in um, these things. Our next movie, Rich, is this one of them? Uh, uh, coming out February 11th from 20th Century Studios, Death on the Nile, which is our follow-up to Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Yes. I Look, I liked Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, I remember watching that in theater, and I this is one of those where I never heard of the books, didn't know much about it, and I was like, oh, this is a classic whodunit. Uh, and Ag- I, but yeah, Agatha Christie, I, man. I love the character that is Hercule Poirot. Thank you. <laughs> and Kenneth Branagh, I think, does a great job as that character. He also directs the movies on top of that. But, you know, he I like when the main character is that Sherlock Holmes level of I'm the smartest person in the room and, you know, deal with it. Like, I mean, you're going to get found out one way or the other. And Death on the Nile has a great cast. Uh, Gal Gadot, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, another person in there that I won't mention because I'm actually shocked that he's in the movie. Are you talking <laughs> um, about Death on the Nile? Yes. Okay, because I, I was about to say like uh, that that was um, Daisy Ridley was in the uh, first one. Yeah, the Murder on the Orient. Yeah, so it's a different, completely. The only person who's from the first one is Kenneth Branagh's character. Yeah, because right. it's a Perot story. Yeah, uh, kind of like Sherlock Holmes. There, there may be some returning characters, and this is, but this is Disney. This is their 20th century. Um, this is from their Fox merger. So the Fox still has like a bunch of films that they release and they release under the 20th century brand. So yeah, like uh, Miramax or New Line and stuff like that. Right. So like this is like the way Disney releases more mature level stuff without, you know, being associated with the, you know, you got to keep, yeah, you got to keep the brand it's also integral. What, uh, Nightmare, Before, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas was released by New Line originally. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Death on the Nile is going to be one of those more interesting movies. Uh, February has become a movie like release haven. It really has been. I was thinking about that too. Like Deadpool came out 
Valentine's yep. Day as a date movie. Like, come take your loved one here. And there's <laughs> been other titles. And, of course, now as I'm like being thought about it, trying to think about it, it's been The tough. Fifty Shades of Grey, I believe, were also released. I think you're right, yeah. The first one, yeah. I know the others were released Christmas in the summer scene. or around that period of time. But, yeah, no, February, because of Valentine's Day, it's a, obviously it's it's a huge, like, you know, it's an it's easy a release. Like Valentine's Day day. Yeah, so important movies, movies that will generate a lot of money are getting put in this month. So when you look at it, you see like definitely some titles in there that are like potentially are going to be you know pretty decent releases. Uh, February 18th from United Artists. I have seen the trailer for Dog. I am going to go watch it. <laughs> really? I'm such you a sucker. Alone. You might be alone on that I'm one. I'm such like, a sucker. <laughs> or like you go watch Dog and I'll go watch one of these other movies. I just, I think Channing Tatum is a good actor. I, oh, I yeah, no, think he's no charming. No disrespect to Channing. I used to not like him and I have a mad amount of respect for him now. I think he's actually pretty talented. But it's a rare dog story that I go see because the dog always dies. And so I'm going to be very hopeful that the dog doesn't because that doesn't seem to be the point of the story. It seems to be more about like coping with grief and becoming your best self PTSD, yeah as opposed to this dog was my friend my entire childhood and now they're gone yeah and it's something relatable i mean anytime like you said it's for me when it comes to dog stories it's uh, you know barley and me i'm still traumatized (laughs) where the Uh, red fern grows which i read when i was a child which (laughs) i've read i've seen the show i watched the movie i think you would like the the web comic uh brutus and pixie then yes yes we'll show you that later but uh no this is this uh, i agree with liz i'll probably be with her you're not gonna There you go. Because uh, it, it is a story. It's how to cope with grief, but it's coping with grief through a dog. And I always find like movies where you're using animals as a way to like move the story forward really will show if you're a good actor or not. <laughs> because yes. when you're dealing with something that doesn't speak back, doesn't emote, does not going to carry you. You're going to you're gonna have to do a lot. So yeah, I mean Harrison I, Ford didn't do it in uh, <laughs> Call of the Wild. Call of the Wild. So that I actually like that movie. I'm a huge Jack London nerd. I White Fang, Call of the Wild. There's he 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 has a chord of man mankind trying to understand its place in nature as like civilization encroaches on it. Mm-hmm. For so, me, the, the my books in the childhood uh, were My Side of the Mountain. It was about this kid who lived in a hollowed out tree and had a hawk that he learned how to tame and like hunt with him. That was like my Gary Pratchett, go out into the wild and find yourself sort of book when I was a kid. But I will say that movie, I think probably the reason why it just didn't connect as much, that whole movie, that dog wasn't real. Yeah. Right? Yes. It was a CGI. You never once believed it was right? there. And it's like, I think it's even harder to operate against something that's in green screen. I, I only bring that movie up because it just, it didn't look... Like it was going to be, there wasn't going to be as much effort behind it. Like they've as got it could dire have been. wolves. Dire wolves are exist. They do use them for Game of Thrones. Why are we not using our big wolves for these big dog movies? You know, well, like a regular dire wolf. wolf has been around in like forever. Fair. The ones <laughs> that look wolf, but dire. But dire. It is actually interesting. I think it's like less than a percent of certain wolves actually still have dna of the dire wolf right because there's been like a campaign to do that it's off topic i love wolves it's not that far of a stretch (laughs) for me it's very cool but it is interesting to know that there's still like that ancestry of like wolves that were like easily seven feet tall like that were running around 
So Rich will go watch Dog with you, and then Rich will watch Uncharted with me. So, Is this going to be the one that finally breaks the curse of the video game movie? Uh, I am so... So Aaron and I have an absolute love affair with Uncharted series. The Uncharted 4, to me, is easily, as far as, like, easily a single-player epic sta- or story kind of thing. Not multiplayer, not anything. It's one of the best games, I think, that's ever been done. Naughty Dog has that character down to uh, a T. I am so cautiously optimistic about this movie because I like Tom Holland. I like Mark Wahlberg. But is it the right casting? And I that's where I see completely. I love Tom Holland. I love Tom Holland. I don't think he's he's, he's a good such choice. Such a little baby I, face. And I'm trying not to go negative because you're cautiously optimistic. I'm cautiously pessimistic. I am going to go see in the movie. I don't think it could be as good as. I it, will never but. complain about seeing something that I love on screen. But I will be very critical if they don't meet my expectations. <laughs> uh, but no, you know, look, Uncharted is, I think it's, it's going to be one of the more interesting tales. Like kind of Tomb Raider, it's not a far fetch to try to understand the story. Um, like another video game ca- uh, movie we're going to be talking about here coming up. <laughs> but no, Uncharted, I, we'll see. Uh, I think they want, to, Sony is going to want to make more out of this. Which is why uh, I, I think they chose Tom Holland because he's a vehicle. He's, he's a vehicle. <laughs> he's going to be around for a little bit. Whereas the fan casting, Nathan Fillion, Nathan Fillion, which would be, he, but fun. now unfortunately he's too old. Oh, he would yes. be a better Sully now. I think he'd be a great Sully. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's some other younger actors or not started off as young because Tom Holland, as great of an actor as he is, he does have the baby face. He it does look right now perpetually but 15 if you think about that part of the story in uncharted 4 and spoilers for if you haven't played uncharted 4 which came out like i don't know <laughs> six years ago i haven't yet here's, oh my god you're, you're sitting here talking to me about like i like and i've like offered to give him like all the games that i've had <laughs> i actually have the the collection one through three uh for playstation right now i think i've got the four i have to let you borrow it. but there's <laughs> the, the the story takes off of the fourth one and where there's a part where it's young uh, Nathan Drake, and you also see him again in, I think, the third game as well. But, like, Tom Holland looks like that character. And I think that's where they oh, want to okay. take Baby off face. Of. Okay. Whereas so, and tr- try to start, like, Most a of what we see with Uncharted is, like, the latter half of his career. They're just trying to f- go off. I think, for me, oh. it's going to be, like, Mark Wahlberg. And you think it's, it's going like, to be, like, a brand new story, then? Like, it's just going to no, be... No, it is not a brand new story. <laughs> if you watch the trailer and you've played the fourth game you will know that they are they're using a, the similar nature of it. Uh, I think it's just going to be an amalgamation of the three games and certain elements. But I will be curious as if when they if they depending on how it does, uh, they will do a second one where they go with the second one. But I, th- this is this is a movie that they're trying to build a franchise on, and they're yeah. going to give it to the person who's made them the most money. Which is Tom Tom Holland. Holland. Seeing the trailer with my sister was a lot of fun because she's like laughing at the jumping out of the crates out of the back of the plane thing, and I'm like, "This is a this is a quick time event." The video game. She's like, "Oh, it's a video game movie. I get it now. Okay, Uh, I understand." Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But is does it shed the like? Is it going to be a decent movie, or is it just going to be one of those? You know, nice try. Nobody got into it. We can only hope. My my fear is that it's going to go that other direction. We we can hope. But I am hopeful because I do like um, uh, Tom Holland, and it doesn't look bad. It it just doesn't look as good as it could have been. Right, but are they going to keep the spirit 
what made it popular. And I think yeah. that's the thing is, is like at the end of the day, if it's just all popcorn, people are going to go watch it, but nobody's going to like come away with it and feeling anything. And it's I not going to be another no way home. Right. I hope, you know, I hope they do. I feel like right now people are starting to lean into what makes these things popular. And it's not just multiplayer and other aspects, but for people who like me, who love the, the gameplay, the story, the puzzle solving, the things that come with it, put that in the movie. You'll be surprised at how many people will come away and still like it. And it's it's so tough to convert one medium like that to another. So like a video game to a movie or a movie to a video game. And there's been so many unsuccessful stories in those situations or these cash grabs like where they'll just make a very odd adaptation of I, a movie. I have no idea what you're talking about, Raren. Um, <laughs> moving on. Did you just call me Raren? <laughs> yeah, Aaron or AA Ron. Um, yeah, so moving on, I really the rest of the month has, I don't know, it's really supernatural much horror after this, so I don't yeah. know anything to say about no, it. I, yeah, you, and plus, the next thing that we need to talk about is, is the big one, it, and it is. It's this, honestly, this is probably like the biggest movie up to this point. This is like, I think the it is movie. the culmination of the Twilight Renaissance. And March, like you think February has big titles. March has been a linchpin for really successful titles for the last 15 years. The Batman on March 4th from Warner Brothers. And this is their first release where they will not, they will respect the 45 day window. So this will not be on HBO Max when the movie gets released. Um, so this will be Warner Brothers kind of foray into this and the new world, whereas all of 2021 has been HBO Max and theater same day. So the Batman is a great way to lead it off. The more skeptical people like me is just going to want to see what Robert Pattinson does. I know a lot of people He's love him. He's so good. You know, people who love him from The Lighthouse and other things where he's kind of actually, I haven't watched those movies, but he evidently has really impressed a lot of the hard hardline movie critics. Mm-hmm. Him and, and Kristen Stewart have spent every day since Twilight working so hard to prove that they are fabulous actors. And then one will be successful and the other will still be the same person that I think of every time. Well, I think I, I did actually like Robert Pattinson a lot in Tenet. I think that his character did actually bring a lot to the table. And I, I have enjoyed Kristen Stewart to a degree. I, I don't think she, I thought she was a terrible actress. She was awful. Couldn't shouldn't get any it's more poor work. direction. But I, I agree. And I, I kind of agree that, that or that this uh, the Queen Elizabeth or not Queen Elizabeth Princess Diana movie that yes. she's in. I don't think she's doing a bad job. I think it's terrible editing because that trailer. She looks like she is crying in every single scene. Yeah. And I don't blame that uh, Kristen for that. But she's gotten a lot of accolades uh, since Twilight. And, well, and you got to respect any actor or actress who like they start out as kids. They get into these franchises, and they get uh, more or less they get typecasted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get Emma to Watson, a point. Anyone? Yeah. Right. Well, you Daniel get to Radcliffe, a point. Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, like Daniel Radcliffe has tried but he's still still kind of typecasting well you take two paths you either quit get out of the game altogether or you cut your teeth against low budget critically successful films but you also become producers you become in the game so what you're saying uh, is you, what you're you, saying is you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain essentially but you give yourself the ability to choose your roles the kid who played Ralphie um, from a Christmas story, that's the exact path that he went down because he's 
he did act for a little while after Christmas Story, but he's now more so a producer. He's been he helped has produced some amazing stuff, and you, he's been in a couple movies. You want to affect change? Be producer. Yeah, that's you get to decide who gets to be in the movies. You get to decide the direction of the movies. You get to decide who gets to change aspects of the movies. The director, the screenwriter, all these people get to determine the narrative and all that other stuff. But as a producer, you at least get to put the people in motion that what you want to see. And I think that's where some of the more, I think that's where you see a, a big shift from like 10, 20 years ago is younger people putting themselves in those positions. And you see refreshingly relative or uh, you see movies that are more, um, uh, I guess, makes more sense for the younger crowd. It's not like uh, John Hughes. Now, like I love John Hughes, but he's still somebody who was in his forties writing stuff for high school people. If that was the most relatable thing at that time, we've come a long way for kids, <laughs> you know, for younger, you know, the young adult crowd to see stuff and whatnot. But I think that's just, but that's because kids are being coming smarter and they have better like advisors to get themselves into those positions. Mm -hmm. But I know we're far off because we're starting to talk about Batman. Well, uh, based on Rich's uh, concept that trailers only feature those characters that aren't going to show up, I'm really hoping that's not the case because I am seeing a lot of Catwoman and I want a lot of Catwoman in this. I'm so glad they're not saving her for a later film as just like a side character. Like they're just going to, the cat and the bat together. Like that's so cool to me. So to explain more, I, my theory has been if you look at most trailers, especially for big budget stuff, the more of a character that you see outside of the, the vehicle of the, the movie, like a Spider-Man, Batman, that kind of stuff the more you see of a character is the character that's going to have probably the least amount of screen time. And it's because most trailers are getting better at hiding elements. Cause there's, I know Aaron, and I have talked about this off podcast world, but uh, <laughs> is that trailers show too much. Yeah. They have gotten really bad. You see scenes from ends of movies in trailers. And I don't think that helps. Like with uh, no way home. Like there was a, there's a shot that is absolutely in the end of the movie and that there's a Brazilian cut that actually spoils something a little bit. Honestly, I think No Way Home did the best job because most of it was talking about the Doctor Strange crazy fight on the train. Like that's what I most remember about the trailer and the yeah. bridge scene, which are in the first 30 minutes of that movie and then they're gone and then it's a whole bunch of stuff I've never seen yeah, before. Yeah, and the Russo brothers have done things too. Like they shoot think, scenes specifically for trailers that aren't ever going to be in the movie to throw distractions and stuff. Like, I don't have a problem with throwing stuff, but you don't want to ruin, like, you don't want to expose the plot, and you don't want to expose the climax of a film in your trailer, because at that point, you've already seen the movie, you're just filling in the details. Exactly. But Aaron, you, you are our resident Batman expert. What what do you, I know it's been a while since you've been, like, obsessed, but this is what, what do you make of the Batman? This are is, you, like, year one Batman, This is the right? one. This is year two. Year two. Uh, because he's already been established, this is... Almost in between uh, Arkham uh, games. No, uh, Dark or sorry, Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Almost think in that kind of uh, aspect. But I have enjoyed. Uh, we've read a few comics because of uh, what we do for Nirvana Comics. Um, some very cool Batman stuff, including something similar where it's like a year to a much grittier, a much um, uh, more. He 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 takes more risks or he doesn't have as much experience. And so you can see that inexperience in him. Like he 
gets more angry and allows himself to fall into these traps because he's not fallen into these traps before. I'm just glad they show that he actually wears black eye shadow when he wears That's the mask. That's hilarious. Thank yeah. goodness, because we, you, you would have to put a bunch of eyeliner and mascara and blacken your eyes just so, and then you can put on the cowl and go out and fight crime. Um, it's an interesting choice that they are finally including the Riddler in these kind of movies. He's not been a presence at all. He the, he was Jim Carrey. I mean, Jim As, Carrey. Sorry, my apologies. He was <laughs> a presence. <laughs> outside of, not Josh Sweden, um, what's his face? Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher, out of the Schumacher, the Muckerverse. Uh, it's, it's a, it's, he is such a character that can easily be a over-the-top, campy character or someone who is so maniacal and so honestly kind of creepy in that like uh, doxer neckbeard uh, who like you know uses a VPN to even just you know search for ice cream or something like that. He has that kind of mentality, and the the person who's playing him, I think, is actually a good choice for that kind of Riddler. Also, Andy Circus gets to be on screen again, and he just deserves more. Yeah, he's a scene stealer. I'm. I'm so disappointed that we did not get more of Jeremy Irons as uh, Alfred because that's one of like that is a God, key cast. I totally movie. forgot that those Batman movies existed until you said so. Yeah, right. Oh my, oh my God, I forgot that Batman v Superman was a thing. Right. Woo. Uh, so <laughs> washing the slate clean. <laughs> I I'm excited. I I am. I, I think I'm cautiously optimistic for the Batman. I think. There are some worrying signs for me on it, but I, it's not anything with like Robert Pattinson or Andy Serkis. There's just some story elements that are kind of concerning. Well, I, I think in general, Batman is one of the harder characters to nail down for like trying to make it more relatable. Uh, he's definitely more relatable than Superman, but you're talking about a guy who like you know has basically given up on his life because his parents got killed, and he somehow feels like he's responsible for it and you know that's kind of just been the whole story so it's like am i gonna go and see thomas and martha wayne get killed again not again (laughs) which i've seen like (laughs) at least a hundred times i know everything about that scene i know how many pearls fall to the floor but (laughs) when it comes to batman i am cautiously optimistic i like paul dano i think he yeah i think he's guy who he offers a lot and but it's also I think the thing nobody really has talked about a whole lot that I've seen. I mean, I've seen people saying things, but uh, Colin Farrell's the penguin. I mean, Colin, he looks I don't Colin know Farrell who's kind of be a douche in real life, but he's actually a really good actor. I mean, I don't know who's more unrecognizable him as the penguin or Jared Leto as. Uh, one of What's the Gucci. House, House of Gucci. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And I still I watch that movie and I'm like I still don't see it. Like I can I can see it a little bit with his eyes because he has those piercing eyes. But uh, for Jared Leto, but yeah, Colin Farrell at, or yeah Colin Farrell as the Penguin is is a it is some incredible uh, makeup work. So, I still like but him as I do eye. think <laughs> I do think that he. Um, oh God, <laughs> I. I and I know we 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 talked about it a little bit off mic, um, but the the Catwoman and Batman chemistry in this one seems to be some of the better chemistry I've seen in a in a film. I really like Anne Hathaway, oh, yeah. and I liked her rendition as Selena Kyle. I don't think the chemistry was there between her and no, Christian Bale. Yeah, more chemistry between a brick wall and. 
I'm gonna put positive. That probably positive. a trash positive. can. Positive. I did. We like talk about no. We talk about positive for 2022. That was well before 2020. <laughs> oh, we're having insult things from previous years. Okay. And it just happens. You. Get I think that's partially on Christian Bell because he didn't uh, n- like Maggie Jenna Hall and uh, what's her face Tom Cruise's ex-wife. I don't think he really had chemistry with any of them. Um, Has Christian Bell ever had chemistry? He's like Taylor yes. Swift. Like I. I never see in all the movies. I don't really. I I, I don't. And it, maybe I think it's just because he is such a method actor. It's hard to. I think. It, I think it's really hard to play off of somebody who's constantly playing somebody else. I um, I watched a great video about uh, the Shining and method acting uh, over Christmas break, and it really did talk about how when method acting was first invented, it was this stay in character, inhabit the body of the character, and then the same guy. Um, a couple years later, is like, you know what? Actually, that is hurtful and harmful to the actor. I'm going to rewrite this in a better way to showcase how you can be a better method actor without losing yourself or causing yourself harm. But everyone just didn't care and still goes with his original, which he called his flawed vision of how to method act. You must inhabit the character. You can only exp- you can only act about things you've had experience with, which kind of defeats the point of it's, acting. It's like the difference between Heath Ledger, who locked himself in a hotel room for like two months, and just wrote down all his insane ramblings and was able to deepen dive dive deeper into the mind I of would have a, had a, p- a psychopath versus Jared Leto sending butt plugs to people. I would have had a worse Joker performance out of Heath Ledger and had him still be alive. That's what I that's why method acting is dangerous. I well, I, I get why you're saying was, that. That's there was not also why. contributing factors to that as well. But yeah. yes, I mean I, I think in general I think uh, there is a debate, and I, I don't. I that's not really for me to decide. It offers both great and I think troubling uh, results. But you know, when it comes to how like we're at the end of the day, we're still talking about fictional characters, and in a fictional world where somebody could dress up as a bat who goes around and just beats up people, so uh, you know, you want you don't want to get too much into the characters. But at the end, of, it's still a huge base with billions of dollars behind it, and it's like. Are you going to be able to build something off of it, or is this just a standalone? I think that's what I want to take away from. Yeah. Are we getting a standalone story that's not going to be touched on going forward, or uh, are we or a sequel bait or anything like or would, that? Would this Batman even fit in with the rest of the Justice League as established? And it seems well, like see, that's that's a question people have asked since a long time or for a long time about Batman as a character, regardless, because there are plenty of iterations of. Um, the Justice League that do not include Batman. In fact, there's a whole animated movie where Batman basically dismantles the Justice League without trying because it wasn't him. It was someone just following his stuff. Um, it's it, it's called Justice League Two, by the way. Yes, it's it's great, so great good. So bad. But anyway, yeah, Alfred, no, the Justice League is under attack. I think, from who, sir? I think we from could, me. I think we can clearly state that Batman is going to be a movie that kind of sets the tone for 2022 as far as like what like high expectations doesn't meet box office demand. And with Warner Brothers being theatrical only, I, I'll be very curious. But moving yeah. on, I, I would say uh, um, I would say Morbius carries a little bit, but not as much as the, ba- the Batman. Like there are going to be movies that are going to be in that fifty million something, and that's great. But like where the studios keep making these movies is on the hundred plus million dollars. Um, and it looks like March. There are some other kind of sm- uh, smaller releases that are still going to be wide. But we I come think to there's really only one more to talk about our for first March. animated movie of twenty twenty. One from sorry 2022 from the Walt Disney Company we're getting Turning Red which 
since the teaser trailer, I have been just so intrigued. And it looks great. And I'll say it's a shame that it's we're now on March 11th and we're finally talking about a family film. Yeah. And like that's not normal. But that's been the hardest hit part of theatrical release is family films. They did go clever and move it to a spring break. Like I see what they did there. Yeah, and yeah. and that's and that's great. But like, there's just outside of Sing and uh, Adam's Family too, and a couple of other stuff. Ugh. There's just not in Encanto. There's just not been a whole lot for families. And I did is, enjoy Encanto. Yeah. And we that watched is, that re- very recently. That is a huge aspect of the business. And when you don't have those titles. And we're already in the third month of the year, and it's parents and everybody's like, "Where are where is the titles? Where are we taking the kids?" And and that's something too. I I get the mentality, and like how you said with like spring break type time, January and February are not really kid months. No, they're not. But at the same time, you want we just went through have like three or just four a of them, movie, so. any one. Yeah, when you're talking about release Care Bears or something. when you talk about the business, you want to have what's called counter programming. You, if you have a movie that's mostly for guys, you also want to have a movie that's for women. You want to have a movie that's adult. You want to have a movie that's for young, younger crowd. Because the goal is to try to appeal to as many demos as you can. And you're right. Beginning of the year is not a great time to release a kid's film. But like, you still want to have something because families still go to theaters. Absolutely. Asking the local manager when is the next whatever because you know there's birthday parties there's things that exist that require a demand and right now i think studios that's where they're hardest hit they do not the the confidence in releasing kids films has been the hardest but turning red looks like a movie that could do very well i think that's going to be another like where it's going to stay in the theaters for a little bit longer and it's going to keep getting because people are going to want to watch it i think people are going to want to watch it more too i think it's going to be one of those stories that can uh last but like in in you're right because it's tough but i think disney's kind of shot itself in, in the foot just a little bit it's still disney but by like uh, releasing, um, uh, not saying um, Encanto. No, not Encanto. The one before, because this is the first Pixar movie that's come out that's no, going to be released. It's not Pixar. It is, not it Pixar. is absolutely Pixar. Hold on, hold on. Let's not be negative. <laughs> Let's be good to each other. Hello, IMDb, where it says the very first trivia. This will be the first Pixar film will have a worldwide theatrical release since Onward. Who'd have thunk it? Pixar. What? Wow. Okay. This is the most non-Pixar looking film I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it does not have any. I, I, I honestly am like shocked because like I Soul, know this That's well. the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Soul, like Soul, Soul's a Pixar film. None of the movies necessarily look the exact same. It's not this, look. I will agree. This looks look. a little bit more like Animation Studios versus Pixar. It's story. It's not look. It's story. Really? Yes. The story does not strike me Pixar. Pixar. A, a young woman or a young child young lady turns into a giant red panda that's disney it's so disney wow and like it's a pixar film pixar is, okay pixar is not disney to pixar's pixar, main char- not pixar but pixar's main characters are not normally people pixar's main characters are always some other group that you can make except analogies. for soul except Brave. for well, no soul is about the Af- soul about your soul it's not about human beings. It's about the soul of a human that being. That is true. Like it's but about it, emotions. Okay. Zootopia but then is, this is animals. Not about, this is not about a, a human. This is about a person who turns into a red panda. We're, we're limited. Giant. <laughs> a, not just a, a, a human size, but a giant red panda. I 
I love giant. I love red pandas. Speaking I'm going which, to watch it. I I, like, Go to where's, the all, where's all this negativity coming Excuse- from? I'm, I'm seeing. I'm sensing some uh, no. negativity. What, what were we saying? Like where she wouldn't rag on me. I'm I'm sensing a little yeah, bit we, of ragging. She's already broken that resolution. Oh, that means we get to get DoorDash for life. I uh, really should have made the bet that you wouldn't be smug because that was never going to happen. <laughs> that was never going to happen. I, I, I would not take don't, that bet. Don't set unrealistic <laughs> expectations. Okay, well, I've obviously been educated. I really, I really am. I, the only reason I I've fought so the, hard is that I literally saw that piece of trivia. I've right seen before. the posters. Like I, again, like if it is like great, I mean, because that means it, it brings even more authenticity to the product. But what I was saying is, I think uh, Disney has kind of shot themselves in the foot just a little bit with only really or double releasing a Kanto. Uh, if it did no. get it, it did it only was releasing it. What? It was theatrical only. No, we just no, we watched just it watched it on Disney Plus. No, they respect they they had a thirty day window. They took that all the way to Christmas. To I'm sorry, Aaron, he's right. It didn't get on streaming until Christmas. It had been out for a while. We didn't watch it until. Well, that's because you and I were in the movie theater. We thought about watching. Okay, that makes sense. It came out before um, Thanksgiving. It seemed like a Christmas release to us. Because you, you and I, you, me, and uh, another friend of the podcast, John, we went and watched. Oh, go, Ghostbusters! That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, you took me to see Ghostbusters, and and Kanto was also showing. Like, are we gonna go see? Oh, Ghostbusters! It's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It was still fun. <laughs> no, yeah. It, so Disney, the the like they had Ray and the Last Dragon and a couple of others that they were taking theatrical and premium. Yeah, but but like uh, Soul, they released strictly on Disney Plus because of when it was supposed to come out. Yeah. Right, get it. But again, they kind of I think they that's part of. But it. it comes back to what we talked about before: the consumer confidence in family films is the lowest of all the demos. Oh well, yeah, because families are not going out as much; they're staying home watching Disney Plus. So, but again, not we're not putting anything more into it. It's just right now. You're in March. This is your first family film. It's Pixar. So that means that at least we're starting out with a bang. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be interesting. I've seen the trailer a couple of times. It looks good. I'm cautiously optimistic that it lives up. Pixar is, they didn't, they, at one point they were like 100%. Everything they released was great. They've recently have just had like hit or misses. And I think partially it comes down Even to... Even their misses are still hits. Oh, with it, the with like bar is still way high. It's like Marvel. Yeah, but, you know, still, though, I mean, you're, you're putting a lot of money into a product, and then when it goes out and only makes, like, $40 million, you know, or $50 million, that's a lot of money, but you're also putting in twice as much to make it. So, you know, a lot of studios have to factor in the cost of how much it takes to market and to make a movie, and there does have to be a payoff. Now, one of the things that we don't ever talk about is how much money movies make in the secondary markets. Like once it goes streaming, once it goes on to POV, uh, premium uh, on demand kind of stuff. Yeah. You get a lot of money through DVD, Blu-ray and other stuff. But for intents and purposes of talking about all this, it's mostly theatrical and how much money you make in that regard. So for family films, the reason why I think there's not a lot is because those have been the hardest hit out of all of them. And so we'll see how this goes. Um, Sing 2 did fairly well um, compared to the first movie. And so, you know, you always just got to keep your fingers crossed because you want it to keep moving forward. You don't want it to go backwards. Because I'm sorry, there is a huge difference. And this is just my personal opinion. There is a big difference between a movie that's released on streaming and what you see in theaters. It To me, the production value is vastly different. Yeah, if it's not being planned for the movie... 
like for the theater experience. I think they do treat it differently. It makes me think but of the old Disney at home straight to yeah. video releases, oh, wow. like Mermaid Two. Yeah. So l- let me ask that question then, because uh, we're now living in like a golden age of uh, Marvel of television, Marvel television shows, because we've now had five fairly successful, yeah. yeah, five, five fairly successful Marvel TV shows come out, and honestly be a pretty high production quality is that because of disney's budget it's disney's money it's disney's budget but it's also <laughs> who's the person who's in charge of it it's kevin uh, feige. feige i mean kevin feige has is the helmsman of this he knows what he's doing and he knows but they're being selective you know they wanted you know the writers wanted to put scott lang in hawkeye spoilers he's not but they shot it down because they didn't you know that wasn't the direction they wanted to go but they have the ability. I can tell you that's not the case for everything else. Not I, everybody gets to. Not have, everyone has a 10 year right. plan. Well, Nobody and, has and somebody as high as Kevin. If they say, hey, we want to do this. If Kevin says, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Who's going to say no to that? And, and, and they didn't have that because the original shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was and not backed. It was its own division. Oh, it's like exactly. Venom by Sony. It's like Marvel didn't sign off on the Venom films. Exactly. So I, uh, honestly, uh, I didn't like the Netflix ones. I didn't watch much of them. They didn't look bad. Um, but Daredevil, great. Um, well, Jessica Jones <laughs> is great. Spoilers, but I'm so happy that he's back. I think Luke he's, Cage, uh, I first think, season good. Uh, I think he was he's a good choice, and I think that that's a good way to kind of keep some of those fans too. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, there's aspects that like Kevin knows what he's doing, and he's he's as much of a fan as we are, and so he's been able to build. But yeah, there's a there's a distinct difference. But like we watch the Muppets Haunted Mansion. I love the Muppets, but there's a huge difference between that and the Muppets Christmas Carol. Well, yeah, because oh, yeah. I, oh can I? Uh, I'm gonna ask before I do because if you, if I shouldn't, I won't. Do I get up on my soapbox? No, you've already done your soapbox. All right, all right. So uh, we all know Aaron so does not like red, Muppet Christmas. Oh, oh, you bite your tongue, sir. That is one of my favorite Christmas movies, if not movies of all time. I love Brian Henson um, for many reasons, but so Turning Red coming from Walt Disney. I think this is going to be it's going to be hard pressed to figure out which two, which of the two is going to be the most successful between that and the Batman. So um, there's Completely not really unrelated markets. I think you're also discounting Downton probably Abbey. the greatest movie that's coming out this whole month is Downton Abbey. I, I'm not discounting it. I've not watched a single episode of the show. I did not watch the movie. So I haven't it really watched the episodes. Just, I haven't watched I the episodes either, but I watched the first movie. And I really liked it. And okay. Like I got into it because my mom and my aunt loved the show, and so uh, yeah, I'm not dissing on it. Look, if all. you like British elitism, <laughs> nobody does British elitism. I, better I love than the Bob's Abbey. Burgers uh, parody episode of Downton Abbey. <laughs> have you seen that one, Rich? I have not. It's oh, so. so have good. you watched Bob's Burgers at all? Uh yes, I've okay. seen. I haven't. I'm not a like hardened watcher, but I do casually have watched it. Try to find it's on Hulu. I would go and find that episode specifically. Uh, Linda wins a like a fan experience at the actual castle that they filmed that show that their their universe's show of. Winthrop okay. Manor. Winthrop Manor, and it's and hilarious. half the guests get to be upper, and other half the guests taller. Which is service. flawed from the beginning, <laughs> but just it's so it's so well done. Let me guess, Bob is definitely in the service class. No, yes. 
Linda, yes, yes, he is. Lin, uh, no, they both are. They sorry, both they are. do, but then they, Bob joins the upper crust. Oh, they, okay. <laughs> sorry, it, it I just, got ahead of just, myself yeah. in the show. No spoilers, because we want Rich to watch it. But right, I'll, I'll check it yeah, out. I, so Downton Abbey will definitely mm. get some. And it's so funny, because some of these ones that are limited releases or ones that are smaller releases, I'll kind of pop on and maybe watch... Or watch their trailer another, or something like that. There's another G Kids movie coming out, uh, the Dear, Dear King. King. But that even that release date could be anywhere in yeah. winter. Now, <laughs> shockingly, G Kids like because you, you get what some of these studios have literally two or three releases a year, so they put everything into. So you'd be surprised. They're probably the most fixed on all this on the schedule. It could move, but for the most part, those are going to stay. The ones that are actually probably the most floated are the big time or studios. Because yeah, they, they own the so weekends. Many, yeah, they got so many figures. They can so move. Like, well, you saw what they did with Marvel this year. They uh-huh. pushed back Doctor Strange from March to May. and But they already own the weeks. So, you know, the weekend. So it's easy for them to move things because they'll just move that title to another. Uh, but, yeah, the ones with the smaller, yeah, it's going to be tougher. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, yeah, the end of uh, March is not a whole lot. I mean, there is Lost City from Paramount. I, I watched the trailer of, with no sound or anything like that w- for the movie Unwelcome from oh, really? uh, WellGo USA, uh, which it's I think it's an Irish release uh, about this couple that moves into the countryside and like is uh, like terrorized by like small goblin type creatures. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't look great. It looks honestly like a weirdly modern retelling. Leprechaun. Of, yes. Yeah, shout out to WellGo. Uh, not very many studios like out there. Not they're not a studio. They're a distributor, but they they bring culturally like different movies from around the world to the U.S. And I like those kind of places or groups because you know as much as you appreciate American cinema, it's always a good time to see how other studios or other countries make movies because it is just so different than what Hollywood puts out. I have found like some studios are good. Some and they produce good movies, bad movies. Um, the Irish studio that has been putting out the animated films, oh, Song oh, of the Sea, Secret yes. of Kells. Uh, hey, um, dang it. Cartoon Saloon. Yeah. They have not made a bad thing yet. And that's what happens when you only make the one thing and you put all of your time and energy into it until it's polished like a stone. It's all good content. And so it's really cool to see. And that's an Irish studio that's doing that. And I love to see that. I will say a special shout out. I... Uh, uh, the Duke, Sony Picture Classics. Again, it's one of those smaller picture titles. Uh, limited. If you get a chance, do watch that. Um, I saw the trailer for that. I'm a huge fan of um, Helen Mirren. She's in that. And uh, I can never think of his name. He's in Harry Potter. He's been in almost every major British yes, movie. Yes, yes. I know the man. Uh, I have to look I see up. his face in my mind's eye. Give me give me a character from Harry Potter. because I can. He's help you. the one who was the armchair. Slugworth. Oh, oh, God, Jim Broadbent. Thank you. Jim Broadbent. He's in it, and... I I apologize. Can we take a step back? What movie are we talking about? The The Duke. The Duke? The Duke. Oh, The Duke, okay. (laughs) Oh, you know, The Duke. It's actually based on a true story. It's I'm one of those, I like true stories. I like period pieces. This is like 1950s Britain. Um, uh, (laughs) It's an older man who steals a painting. Uh... uh, as a kind of a political like gesture and uh, it's just all very polite, all very just what you expect. Uh, but it's, it's, it's one of those like, Hey, I like period pieces. I like human interest stories. 
and this is one of those movies. It's not going to be huge. It's not going to be turning any heads, but um, <laughs> it's one of those movies like a special shout out. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure that last joke was just really, really funny. Uh, you know, thanks uh, past Aaron and Rich and uh, Elizabeth, but we're now here in the present. What's this? What's this cutting into the middle of our episode? It's not the end. We didn't make it to July yet. What's going on? Uh, no, but we are now at the end of part one. This is not normal for us. We've, I don't know if we've ever done a part one, part two. It was after recording over two and a half hours of content that we sat down and took a look at ourselves and realized that we don't have to put this all out in one for you beautiful people. We could just cut it up. Just just slice it. Just find a nice little seam. Let's go Slice it, you know when the scissors it. when the scissors just do that glide mm, when they do that the glide butter. like butter. So, so wait for just a hot two weeks. We're back on our normal release schedule. So two weeks from when this episode comes out, we will have part two of our twenty twenty two movie. I don't even know what we're calling well, all these, it yet. All these pauses. There's so many pauses, but we are, there's so much still more to talk about. We hope you've enjoyed what we've talked about so far. And if we didn't get to your movie yet, well, good news. There's still another episode that probably has it. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we have a 2020, or sorry, 2022 release schedule uh, review. 2022 movie review. It rhymes. Okay. Because it sounds like we're removing a movie that sound that is named 2022. Yeah, this is this is the movie of 2022. It is all movies. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so this is the end of part one, and we'll actually be looking at possibly doing a, another episode or even two parter later on this year, uh, looking further into the year. The story continues on disc two. She's been Elizabeth. You've been Aaron, and, and we're married to the idea. idea.